No, seriously though, I kind of thought we'd twist it on its, on its head a wee bit. So in a kind of Willy Wonka style, I put a golden ticket inside one of the donuts today. So if you get it, uh, then if you find it, then please come and find me and you can come and get a free steak dinner at my house. Guaranteed. Definitely, there's definitely one in there. <clears throat> and see you all poke through the jam and the custard later on. Um, so, uh, to understand hospitality, we kind of get need to get a definition of it. So, the dictionary defines hospitality as the act of being friendly and welcoming to guests and visitors. The act of being friendly and welcoming to guests and visitors. So, you can turn that on its head. You can move it whatever way you want to. Having people around, sharing food, uh, or however you want to phrase it. Hospitality is something that is... Uh, that is described as that. And it's something that's evident throughout the Bible. It's something that's in the Bible and it's evident throughout all of the Bible. And it's something that we're called to do as well. So what I'm going to do is look at why we should show hospitality through looking at some biblical examples of that. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to tell you the passages we're going to look at. You can look them up. Um, I'll read them to you as well. So the first one is in 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, verses 8 and 9. 1 Peter 4, verses 8 and 9. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality ungrudgingly to one another. I'll read it again. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality ungrudgingly to one another. The word ungrudgingly, it's a direct command that hospitality should be something that that should inspire us to act. It should be a delight, not something that feels like some kind of legalistic command to fill a quota of having people around or ticking a box of getting somebody in. The times that I I affectionately like to call... uh, the, the sort of times when I maybe just want to grab something to eat and lie on the sofa and watch, catch up on something, a box set or something, and, and basically do nothing for a while is catching up on my sitting around time, which I like to call it. There's nothing wrong with that, but doing that all of the time and being very, uh, very self-focused could easily fester and grow into something that isn't something I would really like to do. This can be disturbed when I'm reminded that we've invited somebody around. And uh, I may want to grumble as my, my lethargy is then interrupted, uh, and it's my selfish human nature to then begin to get a bit annoyed about that. But that doesn't reflect well on me, and it doesn't reflect well on what's in my heart as well. And it's not an attitude <clears throat> which loves one another as we're called to in the first passage. Second passage we're looking at is in Romans 12. Romans 12 verse 13 says this, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. We're to practice this. We're to actually do it. This is what it says. We're to actually go out and do it, to be be purposeful, to pursue this, to be intentional in what we do about being hospitable. Make a point about it. Actually do it. Don't catch up on the sitting around time too much. I grew up uh, 
in rugby in the Midlands uh, with my mum and dad and my brother. And we didn't have any kind of wider family than this. But I, I grew up being in and out of people's houses all of the time. Going to see what we're doing today. Or we're going to go and see auntie so-and-so. We're off to see uncle whatever. We're off to do this. They were all usually church-related. They're all usually kind of going to someone in the wider church family. Usually, uh, or quite often, it was to do with fundraisers, some kind of raising money or having a lunch or a coffee morning for something or somebody. I, 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 I don't think in my life I've ever met a plowman as such, but I have eaten loads of their lunches, so many, <laughs> I, I, I feel really bad because I've probably eaten somebody's lunch. But, uh, you know, doing these kind of things and going out is something that was just ingrained in me from very early on. This is just what we did. But not just purely for a kind of fundraising event, but also we were invited to go purely for fun, purely just to spend time with people. Um, and then it kind of had a role reversal, and that was what we did as well. And we had loads of people around all the time, which did interrupt my sitting around time, or revision, <coughs> as you call it when you're that age. In my early years, in my early teens, uh, it began to dawn on me that this vast array of family that we were going to week in, week out, weren't actually my own flesh and blood. Uh, I, I was oblivious to that. I kept thinking I had this massive family. But it was only then uh, at Christmas when they never showed up for Christmas dinner that I kind of began to realize that, you know, maybe they're not actually family. But I did begin to suss out who made the best chocolate cake and began to be very friendly with them, and it had its benefits. So there you go. So no flies on me at that age. But seeking to show hospitality, contributing to the needs of the saints. You know, as a church family, that was something that was naturally there. That they were serving each other, they were, they were helping each other and, and stepping out and being purposeful and intentional in what they did. And that's just something that, that I guess worked itself out in, in that instance for me. Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2 says this. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. It's easy to neglect to be hospitable. It's much easier not to do it. Giving out, making an effort, and arranging to welcome people into your home is much harder than being self-focused, routined, even inflexible. In the Old Testament, there's a man who experiences... A great many difficulties, uh, traumas, life-changing situations. This guy is called Job. And it would be easy to, to forgive a man who has, in human terms at least, lost everything. Yet, he sets the standard in not neglecting to be hospitable, even amidst what he's journeying and what he's going through. You read in the book of Job, Chapter 31, didn't those who worked for me say, this is Job saying this, didn't those who worked for me say, he fed as well. There were always second helpings, and no stranger ever had to spend a night in the street. My doors were always open to travelers. No stranger ever had to spend a night in the street. My doors were always open to travelers. Despite everything that this guy has gone through, literally everything that he could possibly humanly have gone through, all his sufferings, all his, his hurt, all his pain, 
Job looked after and cared for his workers. He never neglected to be hospitable because his mindset was one that was going to honor God and honor God's command to show hospitality. He was so fixed on God and purposeful in what he was doing that his mindset was clued in despite the immediacy of what was going on. So what's our mindset? Is it of self first? Or is it of others first? Or is it to honor God first? If we know Jesus, then we know that we're to be salt and light in the world and to be Christ-like in our actions and our attitudes. And being hospitable is to honor a command from God and to have a Christ-centered mindset. We open our homes is a way that opening our homes is a way that we can show Jesus to other people just through our conversations, just let through who we are, just permeate through, just just in what we do. Job knew that being hospitable is a command given by God. In the book of Leviticus, uh, we read in chapter 19, when a stranger sojourns, which means to have a temporary stay, when a stranger sojourns with you in your land. You shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you. And you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Hospitality in Greek means the love of strangers. And God commands his people here in Leviticus to love their strangers as they love themselves. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Do you recognize that? And that's in the book of Leviticus, to love the strangers as you love themselves. He reminds them of their years of existence in Egypt. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers In the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. This command from God is for the Israelites to show his values, to love others and not to do them wrong. That hospitality is a command given to his people, that it's rooted in God. It's rooted in scripture and it's rooted in God as a command from him. Paul's second letter to Timothy in the New Testament Paul, drawing up his final instructions towards the end of it in chapter 4, and he mentions many who have helped, many who have also hindered, many who have moved on to other places, or just people who have served him as he's journeyed and carried out his, his ministry. So 2 Timothy 4 verse 19, greet Prisia and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. One simple line. Greet Prisha and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Paul values those that have shown him hospitality. And here he makes a point of mentioning not only the head of the house, Onesiphorus, but his whole household. This is a man who opened up his home to the traveler Paul, showed him such hospitality personally but also his family, his workers, or whoever it is that makes up his household that Paul 
wants to send his greetings to, that Paul saw fit to include him in his letter to Timothy so that he would send greetings to them when, he's, when Timothy's next there. By opening up his household, Onesiphorus was honoring God's instruction. He was keeping true to that command to be hospitable. He must have been very talented. Either he, made, either he was doing that or he made a great pasta bake or pavlova or something because clearly something stuck with Paul. I think it's probably more the fact that he was clued into what God was doing as opposed to his talents in the kitchen. Whatever it was, Paul was clearly taken by this to make a note of it in his letter to Timothy. So what's the ultimate showing of hospitality? What's the ultimate experience? For me, again, get your diaries out for this one. Uh, I'm happy to accept vouchers to Gal Gorm if you want. That's ha- happy, to, happy to take that. Big birthday this year. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. 21. <coughs> uh, perhaps humanly speaking, maybe that is. Maybe when we go and experience hospitality in a really nice uh, location, maybe when we're looked after, when we're pampered, when we're when all our needs are catered for. Maybe that's the the best part of hospitality, when people are are kind of hanging on his hand and foot. Maybe maybe that's what it is, in in human terms, maybe. Many years ago, uh, as part of my studies, in (laughs) many years ago, uh, I did a bit of hospitality management. And as a student, I worked in kitchens. I worked as a waiter, as a head chef, as a maitre d', and behind the bar, serving the, the drinks and doing all that. And the emphasis was always put on the high quality of service. That was the important bit. To cater for the guest needs was stressed as being paramount. You had to be on time. You had to be precise. You had to be focused. You had to be well drilled in the kitchen to get everything out on time. It was all about doing the best for the person that you were serving. In terms of the ultimate hospitality, all of that is nothing compared to the ultimate showing of hospitality that we see through God's grace. That it's his hospitality to welcome into his home each one of us, regardless of our own hurts, our own habits, our own hang-ups. It's only by his grace. And it's only through Jesus' death on the cross, not because of our goodness, but rather because of his glory and by his grace. Being welcomed into his home and accepting his hospitality is the ultimate experience of finding a home and being part of a family. Why we should show hospitality? It's a command from God. We've looked at that. We've shared that. It's a command from God. I am the Lord your God. He reminds his people. This is me who's telling you. I am the Lord your God. We're called to honor this command. In doing so, when we honor it, we can show a glimpse of his grace to those that we serve. When we open our homes, we open our hearts, we share who we are. We can create a safe haven and a welcoming refuge to allow the strangers to sojourn and be refreshed. 
we are being salt and light in this world when we do this. And we can show Jesus to all who we welcome. I pray that all who we welcome will one day know the greatest hospitality of all. And that's when we get to be in eternity with him and experience his hospitality, which I'm sure will be pretty awesome. Andrea is going to share a wee bit on how we can show hospitality. Okay, so I'm not going to give you a 10-point plan this morning or anything like that. Um, Rather, it's just going to be some food for thought. So I just want to sort of get you thinking about a couple of different things. And Andy and I genuinely believe that we can all, no matter what situation or season that we're in, we can show hospitality um, in some degree or another. And we know that in our culture, that usually does involve food. And those of you who know Andy and I will know how much we love eating and we (laughs) love food. Um, you only have to look at us to say that. Um, and we love preparing food too. And we just love, um, and we love messy food as well. And you may have heard this being said that food is the universal love language. And one of the things that's documented uh, about Jesus' life on earth is the importance that he did place himself on eating with people. Not only did he eat with those that were closest to him, like his disciples, uh, but he also ate with people he came across uh, on the street as he went about his travels. And one of those people was Zacchaeus. And I really love the story of Zacchaeus. If you're not familiar with it, it's in Luke 19. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. By all accounts, it sounds like he was a pretty mean guy. He didn't seem to have any friends. That people despised him. They didn't like him. And he heard that Jesus was coming into town, into Jericho. Um, and he was quite a short guy. So he decided he would climb up into a tree as the old saw him that we used to sing in Sunday school went. Um, And he got into the tree because he'd heard about this Jesus and he wanted to experience him for himself and he was very curious. So uh, Jesus came along into town and it says in the Bible that Jesus stopped at the spot and looked up. So he couldn't see. Zacchaeus was in the tree and he couldn't see them, but Jesus knew that he was there. Um, And in the message it says, uh, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. And I love that. So Jesus initiated the meal, but then Zacchaeus created a space where the two of them would sit together and share food. And Jesus gave Zacchaeus an opportunity to honor and respect him. And I'm wondering this morning how many opportunities Jesus presents us with for us to open our homes to people. Do we take them or do we miss them? Are we even looking for them? And by inviting others in, we are surely inviting Jesus in too. And we read on and look that that one encounter really changed Zacchaeus' life. After that, Zacchaeus gave away half of everything that he owned, and he repaid fourfold any uh, money that he had cheated out of anybody. And when we read the story of Zacchaeus, that sounds like that was quite a lot of money. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this home. And not just um, the story of Zacchaeus, but all the stories in the New Testament where Jesus ate with other people, they are documented as powerful Jesus encounters. And this is really exciting for me this morning because I feel then it makes perfect sense that when we as Christians who want to do the stuff, that when we make space for people around the tables in our homes, then Jesus shows up. And I love then it's entirely possible that a person's story can begin to transform from that moment that you said to them, hey, do you fancy coming around for lunch? And there's been many times when Andy and I have shared our home on our table with other people that there has felt like some really holy moments. And I love this quote from Susie Davis, 
she says, hospitality doesn't require gourmet food. It requires taking time to look across the table and say, I see you and I want to hear your story. And I feel that's a really important message for us today. Hospitality is not about a beautifully presented dining table in a pristine home with really lovely food and lots of table settings and cutlery and all of that stuff. In fact, people that makes people a wee bit scared because we've, as the years have gone on, we're more informal leaders now probably in our culture than we have ever been. In fact, there's no need to set a table. And if you don't have a table, that doesn't matter either. You can still eat and we all have to eat. And if you can turn on an oven or a grill today, you can make hot dogs. So that's good news for anyone who's sitting there going, oh my goodness, I just can't cook, I can't do it. If you can turn on your grill, you can make hot dogs, all right? And I love hot dogs. Hot dogs is kind of like a universal food, isn't it? Um, and Andy had given us a few definitions of hospitality. I love this one from Henry Nguyen. He says, hospitality is offering an open and hospitable space where strangers can cast off their strangeness. I really love that, and a space where strangers can cast off their stranger, strangeness. People are only strangers until you've got to know them a bit. And I'm wondering, can you think of a time when you were a stranger? Maybe the first time you went to a new school or you had to go to a new class, when you started a new job, maybe when you came to this church for the first time or, any, or another church, you feel strange and you feel a little bit insecure. Um, and when we've been in that position ourselves, we're often craving um, connection and we want to feel rested as well because sometimes when we're the new person, you do carry a wee bit of anxiety, don't you? And so we want to feel that we're resting and not striving. And there's that lovely verse in Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And so as the people of Jesus, we need to believe that we can be rest for people, not in the same way that Jesus does, of course, but we can, through hospitality, give rest to people. And so what does that look like? It means if we're inviting someone over, it's a meal they don't need to prepare, a table that they didn't need to set, a kitchen they didn't need to clear up after them, a cup of tea that they didn't need to make. Uh, last weekend, some of us uh, heard Ben Armstrong from Bethel Church talking about the prophetic, and it was really good, and he really broke it down. And on the, I think it was on the Friday night or the Saturday, I can't remember, he read the verse from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And he suggested that not only our words can be prophetic, but also our acts. And that really struck me. And what did he mean? He meant that when we interact with people, do they leave us feeling strengthened, encouraged, and comforted? You know, when we demonstrate hospitality as individuals or corporately as a church together, are we creating environments where people feel loved by God? Um, some of you may have heard of Shauna Nequist. She's a writer. If you haven't heard of her, you've probably heard of her parents. Um, she's the daughter of Bill and Lynn Hybels. And she's written loads of books about hospitality and looking after you, yourself and looking after other people. And this is probably one of her best known quotes. The heart of hospitality is that when people leave your home, they feel better about themselves, not about you. And I think that kind of sums up hospitality. We get so worried about ourselves and, and our surroundings and all the things that we have in our home. But it's not about perfect presentation. It's about making ourselves present to those people in that moment. The emphasis of hospitality should always be on those that are receiving. One of our core values at Carrick Vineyard is community. And if you're not familiar with our values, please check out the website. Um, it says this, we love to share life together and facilitate authentic community where we can journey life's ups and downs. And we can do that through life groups and through different events and different gatherings. Um, 
And we love to create, as a church, we love to create those environments where that happens. And it's through relationship that we get to know each other better and we can truly journey life together. And one of the best ways that we can initiate that is to offer somebody hospitality. Recently, Andy and I were talking to a young couple who started coming to this church last year. And we were just chatting a bit about hospitality. And they said to us that the day that we had said to them after church, you know, do you guys want to come round for lunch, that two other people had also asked them as well. So I thought that was amazing. And it really was so encouraging. You know, um, to be known as a church that has a hospitable heart really is something in this day and age. I feel we've kind of lost a lot of that. And last week, Paul talked about our church being known for generosity. And I know, having spoken to many of you as you've journeyed with us, that you say that this church is welcoming um, and it is hospitable. And so it's wonderful that corporately we have that. So we need to individually ask ourselves the question, do we live, each of us, on our own with a spirit of welcome? Or maybe we're not so sure. Maybe we have the spirit of do not disturb or the spirit of busyness. Or do we turn the family-only sign on the shop door? You know, family only. Do we have sort of restrictions when we're offering hospitality? And as Andy said earlier, we were both very privileged to have been brought up in homes where hospitality was modelled as normal. Um, and as I got to know Andy and his crazy family, um, like they have demonstrated hospitality above and beyond. So this year, Andy's mum turned 84, and we phoned her in the morning to for let the kids sing happy birthday, which we always do. But she wasn't there. And Andy's dad answered the phone and he said, oh, she's away caring for one of the elderly people in the church. Um, it's, it was a man's 100th birthday. So she was away and like she wasn't well. She was full of the cold. And I'm not suggesting for a minute that we all push ourselves to limits that we can't reach. But that's just what Andy's mom is like. She really has a hospitable heart. And when I got to know Andy when we were students, as he said many, many, many years ago now, um, he had a, there was a student called Vincent um, from Uganda and he had nowhere to go at Christmas and Andy didn't leave him in Dundee and him and his family had Vincent stay with them um, over the whole of Christmas and shared Christmas dinner with them. Um, and as I said earlier, we all have to eat no matter what season we find ourselves in. You know, there were times in the last few years where Andy and I have been really financially stretched and other things like potty training the kids. And if any of you are in that season now, you absolutely have my sympathies. But we all have to eat and we can all share. You know, we serve a God who is well into multiplication. And I always find myself still surprised at how much food can actually stretch at times. And today, hospitality, I want to say to you, it's not just about prepared meals and food. It's often impromptu and spontaneous moments. And when we grab those opportunities, they are real glimpses of the kingdom, I feel. They're often the unseen moments for the audience of one that we so often talk about. And I really believe God is calling us into those moments more. We often let them pass us by. And it's because we're not looking for them. And they're there for the taking. They appear in the ordinary and the mundane. They require us to have our eyes open maybe a wee bit more to what God is doing. To be asking God every morning, God, show me where you want me to be today. Show me who you want me to speak to. I'm going to tell you now about a wee memory that I have of growing up. Um, now, I, we had a big family, so when I was eight, my mum got remarried, so there was my sister and myself and her, and she married a guy who had three, <coughs> three daughters living with him. So there were seven of us all of a sudden. We all just moved in together, as you do. Um, so it was quite crowded. There were five girls. But, you know, it never stopped um, my parents from, you know, squeezing another person in, shall we say, um, and stretching the food. And it was, yeah, it was a crowded table. There was a lot of bickering and all going on, I'm sure you can imagine, with five girls. It, it was showers in the morning as we got older was the worst thing. And then 
grabbing food around the, t- the tea table. That was the, the second awful thing. But I remember one hot summer's day when we were growing up, we lived in a big house in the country and it was um, on the edge of two roads that met each other. And so it was up on a hill, so with really good view, with big uh, windows, floor to ceiling. Um, and um, it wasn't unusual for pop-up RUC or army checkpoints to happen at this corner because there was a wee bit of space. It was almost like a small lay-by. Um, and so on one day, a particular day, my sisters and I were upstairs in the front bedroom and lo and behold, the grey army vans, all st- you know, they all stopped and screeched outside and some of the soldiers got out. And we were having a really good gawk out the window, you know. It was quite, it sounds like wow now, but it was fairly normal. So we're all having a look out. So I ran down the stairs to tell my parents what was going on. But I couldn't see my mum, but my dad was out in the utility room. And he was getting um, a tray out and cans of Coke. And um, I realised that he was going to give these soldiers a drink. So happy days, but there wasn't enough cans to go around. So he said, Andre, get some glasses. So we got glasses out. My dad got ice cubes out of the freezer and we put them in the glasses. He cut sliced a lemon. We put that into the glasses as well. Um, and he poured in the Coke and then off he went. Now, I was a bit nervous. I definitely wasn't going to be the one going outside. So I sc- scurried over to the kitchen window and looked out. And I watched my dad walk over to these soldiers um, and give them a drink. And just like before he went out, I was like, Dad, what about the glasses? Are you not worried, you know, that they'll be broken? And he said to me, those boys are thirsty and we need to give them a drink. And it reminds me of Matthew 25, (coughs) verse 34 on. Come you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And, you know, those cans of Coke were the best that we had in our house. My mom and dad didn't drink anything. There was no fancy wine. There was no, there was nothing. I mean, the Coke would have been sort of the treat that we would have had from time to time. You know, that day my dad gave them, those boys, the best what we had in our house. And this impromptu act of hospitality did not come out of a sense of duty or any particular political persuasion. It was an answer to a gentle whisper from the Holy Spirit. Those boys are thirsty. Will you give them a drink? And I really believe God is calling us into the ordinary everyday lives and situations of the people in our town, in Carrickfergus and in surrounding places that we know and love. Are we listening to the gentle whispers of the Holy Spirit? Do we set a place at the table of our lives for people we encounter, even if it's just for a few minutes? Remember, Andy told us earlier that in Greek, hospitality in Greek means the love of strangers. Sometimes that looks like opening our home for a new couple at church and putting a casserole and a stack of dishes on the table. And sometimes it looks like walking out onto a road to a bunch of dusty soldiers so they can drink Coke and lemon and ice out of Esso glasses. (laughs) Either way, God is likely to be calling us to both. You know, in the times of Jesus, we know that accepting hospitality as well as offering it was seen as a way of respecting and honoring people. And perhaps some of us here today need to be reminded that accepting an offer of a meal 
um, is as important as offering or hosting ourselves. There's a wee bit of Northern Ireland in us, isn't there, that says, oh, I don't want you to put you to any bother. Don't be doing that for us. Ask so-and-so, they really need a meal. You know, we should accept any offers that have hospitality that come our way. And I just sort of want to finish up by saying we must not underestimate what God does with us every time we are obedient um, and provide hospitality. You know, these encounters help us to grow too. When people are gathered around your, our tables and they begin to tell us their stories, God will expand our capacity to listen and listen well. He will stretch our capacity to show empathy. He helps us to be non-judgmental. He prompts us to reflect and ponder on what we have heard. And also he will prompt us to pray for those that were in our home that day. And so be prepared for a few things. Be prepared to go to bed that night and find yourself praying for those that sat around your table. And be prepared for your heart to be softened as you find yourself more at ease with different kinds of people as you get to know them. You know, be prepared to have people in your home and never really mix with them again. And that's totally okay. But also be prepared to invite people around and they might become some of the best friends that you've ever had. Be prepared to laugh a lot. Be prepared for a few tears now again. Sometimes we've, Andy and I have had people around and they've gone away and the two of us just look at each other and go, they've got through that. And they're back, they're here and they're at church, they've got through it. And there's so much thankfulness but so much emotion that comes with that, you know. And be prepared for things not to go according to plan. We once had chicken and cashew nuts for a couple and he was allergic to nuts and we had nothing else in the whole house. <laughs> you know, so have a plan B. We find Domino's is pretty good for that. And also be prepared for the enemy to try and derail you. These are the kind of things that the enemy does not want us to do, doesn't want us to engage with people we don't know, doesn't want us to open our homes in that way. You know, some of Andy and I's most classic arguments have happened before people have come round. I'm sure some of you are here today. <laughs> so, you know, you may have felt the tension for a few minutes, um, and that's one of the things that we have found does happen, you know. But uh, be prepared to secretly enjoy it and plan to do it all again. And so that's really all I've got to say this morning. Maybe could we stand together? Sergi, would you come up? I just have a few things before I give the mic to Chantelle that I think God might be saying to us today that Andy and I talked about just last night. Um, I think some of us are maybe worried about making ourselves seen and known. And so for us, this sort of idea of getting people around is just awful. But I just feel God saying today, just be yourself. And that a lot of hospitality is just being yourself. And also I feel today maybe there's some people here who have had some kind of hurt or rejection. Maybe they've opened up their home and something's happened. Maybe they've invested in people and it hasn't gone right. And I just feel that God is saying, try again today. I will not waste a hurt. I will give you something new. And what's one other thing I was, we were sort of thinking of is just courage. Maybe some of us need a wee bit of courage. Maybe we've gone through a bad season and we just feel like we're not in a place to offer ourselves or open up our home but I feel like we need courage to act when we hear the gentle whispers of the Holy Spirit.